At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His, and we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Please rise for our first song. Take my place Oh, that you would 
Right, at 8 o'clock this morning, I was in here, and I, I usually come in here at 8 o'clock, and I pray for you, I pray for the band, I pray for the message, um, and then I was listening to a song that we were doing, and I'm thinking, wow, it's the song, Clean, and I think it's going to be the best way for us to do what I call the confession and forgiveness rhythm that we talk about. We're all dirty, and we need to be clean. We're dirty because of your sin and my sin and the sin in this world, and we need to be cleaned, and the only way that happens is because of Jesus. So we're going to hear this song, and I just want you to go through that thought. You know, it's my dirtiness that needs to be cleaned, and because of Jesus, I am clean. Let's sing. Again, my heart's beating. 
Father, this is the story. My sin, our sin, makes us dirty, makes us actually worthless. But your story, your story of sending your son, your story of Jesus suffering and dying on a cross, your story of his resurrection, we are clean, we are forgiven, we are loved, we are valued. And because of that, we have a peace and a joy that is unlike anything else. So Lord, may we worship you today and later today and tomorrow as we give you all the glory for what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say, amen. You may be seated. We continue now in worship with a couple other things. Uh, example, if you've come in here and you, you're just, something's on your heart, 
maybe you have something that you're thankful for, or maybe you have a burden, um, we collect prayer requests. And you'll, you'll see some forms in the chair backs in front of you. Just fill that out, and really in a moment, literally a moment, ushers will come forward and gather those uh, from us. This is also the time where we gather tithes and offerings. And, and please know this, and I really believe this. This is a very personal moment between you and your God. And the scriptures tell us we, we should be contemplating and pondering the blessings God has given us, and then what does he want us to do with those blessings? And I think that's what God calls us to, to pray in faith. So if God has given you a brand new breath today, is he giving you 24-7, or whatever gift, ability, talent, or even treasures you have, be bold enough and faithful enough to say, okay, God, how do you want me to show my thanksgiving? And I know God well enough. He is faithful, and he will, he will tell you. He will lead you. He will guide you. And then in the end, God's going to be glorified. So be thinking and, and pondering that. And then thirdly, we have fellowship pads that are end of the, at the end of the chair rows. If you would, take, take time, fill that out, pass it around, and get to know some of the people around you. May God be glorified in this time of worship and in our life of worship. Amen.
Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we ask now for your Holy Spirit to come and to fill our minds, our hearts, our lives uh, with faith, to believe in you, to believe in your word, to listen to your word, and to live according to that word. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done and will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe last week and a half ago, I was looking at the theme that was for today, and it was entitled Anger Management. And yet when I was thinking of our, our journey so far, four weeks in the book of Jonah, I don't want to talk about anger management. I want to talk about lessons learned. Lessons learned from the story of Jonah and what can we do with what we've heard in in the last week. So in preparation for this, uh, for those of you that are Facebook friends, I, uh, I posed the question. I said something like this, hey, Facebook friends, what are some lessons you have learned over time? And I was going to read all of them, but right now there's like 40 or 50 of them. They're just, they just keep rolling through. Let me just share with you some of them. Failure is only when you fail to learn from a mistake. Trust is given too freely. It is always better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Not everyone will like you no matter how nice you try to be, and that's okay. Family is always there. Real life, it doesn't. But we're going to look at some lessons today that if, if we can embrace and we can hold on to and we can make it to be the filter of our life, I really think it's going to help us navigate through life no matter what it is. Whether you end up in the belly of the whale or as I told you before in my 1976 Chevy Caprice Classic with the 454, you know, you, you might get into a moment where your health is, you know, maybe at risk or your finances or if you hold on to these, I really believe they will help you and me not just navigate, not just survive, but thrive on this earth. So uh, let's go right into it. I'm going to share with you four lessons learned. And then, of course, I have to go l- longer than that, right? Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. He, Jonah, rose to flee from the presence of the Lord. The lesson learned is fleeing from God's presence always leads to problems. Remember the first time, the first fleeing from God's presence? The Garden of Eden. God said, don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, because if you eat from it, you're going to die. What did Adam and Eve do? Ate from the tree. They, in essence, fleed from God's instruction. They ate from the tree. And then ever since then, there has been this, we'll go back to the song, this dirtiness, this black thread of sin that's woven through all of history. And I could give you story after story where people kind of fleed from God's presence. And as a result of that, there were problems. So hopefully we've learned that we don't want to flee from his presence because to be in his presence means we're going to have peace and joy and strength and purpose and meaning. I mean, to be in his presence is everything. Secondly, Jonah chapter 2. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. God is faithful. Even when there's disobedience. And, And for me, it's, 
understanding the character of God. From Genesis all the way through Revelation, we find the character of God or the attributes of God. And one of them that is vital, and, and let me tell you, it, it changed my life when I was 17, 16, is his faithfulness. God can only be faithful. God does not have the capability of being unfaithful. Now, at first glance, when we look at the story of Jonah, and we could see what happened. Remember, God wanted him to go to Nineveh. He said, no, I want to go to, to Tarshish. I want to flee from the Lord's presence. And then, after a series of events, he gets thrown overboard from the boat, and he gets swallowed by a fish. And you could say, wow, that's cruel. God is, God is a cruel God, but it ends up being God is faithful. He still wants to give Jonah a second chance, and he wants to get this word of hope to Nineveh, and so he gets swallowed by the whale, and it ended up being his salvation, not his doom and gloom. Why? Because God is faithful. That's all God knows is to be faithful. And we'll talk a little bit later, but sometimes we just don't understand how he is being faithful when we're having a tough time. So we'll get to that. All right, next one, Jonah 3. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. Now, just prior to this, while he was still in the belly of the whale, as he was going through this really difficult time, God gave Jonah this renewal. And one of the last parts of his prayer is, salvation belongs to the Lord. So in the belly of the whale, he comes to this realization. He gets spit up on dry ground. He goes into Nineveh and he proclaims this and, and it happens. From the greatest to the least, they repented. God relented, right? Didn't bring on destruction and Nineveh was spared. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Okay? Last, Jonah 4. And he prayed to the Lord, this is Jonah, and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. God's grace is greater than our sin. Pretty important truths. Running from God's presence isn't good. God is faithful all the time. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and God's grace is greater than sin. Your sin, my sin, the combined sin of everyone in this room, um, all for history. I mean, his grace is greater than sin. These four truths, these lessons learned, really can change one's life. So I hope you consider these lessons to be learned in your life and lived out in your life. Now, one of the things about the scriptures that I, I often teach about is that the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, all points to Jesus. Doesn't matter what perspective. 
Old Testament, New Testament, the Gospels, the book of Revelation, they all point to Jesus from a different vantage point. So even the book of Jonah really points to Jesus. In fact, we find lots of similarities between the Jonah character and the things he went through and the Jesus who we've come to know and who we've been blessed by. So let's look at some of the similarities and then there's gonna be some differences. All right, both Jesus and Jonah were in a boat and both boats were overtaken by a storm. Both Jesus and Jonah were asleep. Both stories, the sailors woke up the sleeper and said, we're gonna die. There was a sense of desperation. Both instances, there was a miraculous divine intervention and the sea was calmed. In both stories, the sailors then became even more terrified after the storm was calmed, which I find very interesting. Now, there's some differences. And Jesus himself kind of gives a clue to this. We're going to look in Matthew chapter 12 in just a second. And we're going to see Jesus identifying the stories that are the same. But then you're going to see some words that are bolded and underlined. And it was Jesus trying to teach the disciples, the Pharisees, anyone that wants to listen, that there's a difference between Jonah and Jesus. So here's the Matthew 12. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be there three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now... Something greater than Jonah is here. Now, we have the disadvantage of not being right there when Jesus was doing this. I don't know if he did this or not, but as Jesus was teaching, he really wanted the hearer, whether it's 2,000 years ago or the hearer today, to kind of get the picture of this. Yeah, there was Jonah. Jonah did his thing. The Son of Man's going to do his thing. Now, something greater than he, than Jonah, is right here, like right in your presence. Because so often when Jesus would teach a parable, what would happen? It would go right over the heads of all the religious elites, elitists, right? The people that should know better and should know more. I mean, he would teach a story, a parable, and they're like, huh? And I I don't know if that was happening back then when he says something greater is happening right here. But I hope you get it. I hope I get it. That while Jonah is a remarkable story, and yes, it is something else. I don't know what I would do if I was in a belly of a whale and I got spit out. I probably think that was pretty remarkable. But Jesus says something even greater is right here. So what's greater? How is this greater? Let me give you just a correlation. So here we have the story of Jonah. Instead of going 500 miles to Nineveh, wanting to go 2,500 miles away to Tarshish. So here is Jonah wanting to leave his post and get out of town to flee from the Lord. But we don't have that with Jesus. We have Jesus leaving his post, which is at the right hand of God the Father, and he comes down to this earth to accomplish the will of God. That is greater, by far. Secondly, Jonah was thrown overboard and sacrificed to calm a raging storm. 
And yet Jesus was thrown onto a cross and nails were pounded into his flesh to be able to take care of our raging sin. He became the sacrifice. That's greater. Yeah, the sailors were spared, right? But all of humanity can be spared because of this sacrifice on a cross. Jonah... Jonah was called to preach to a people who hated him but would eventually repent. Jesus preached to a bunch of people who later wanted to throw him on a cross and nail him and kill him. All because of his love for us. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and nights because of his disobedience. Jesus was in the belly of a tomb because of your disobedience in my disobedience. He was willing to go to the pits of hell for you and me. That's greater. The fish spit Jonah out after three days to give him a second chance, and the grave spit the Son of God out of the tomb to give you and me a second chance. Instead of God just looking at you and saying, you're dirty, I don't want anything to do with you, he says, because of my son, you are now clean, and I love you, and there's victory, and there's life. Pretty amazing, right? One of the reasons why the theme was going to be anger management is we find the conclusion of Jonah to be, at least for me, very unsatisfying. I mean, he gets spared out of the belly of the, the, the whale. Um, Nineveh gets spared, and Jonah's all ticked off. Why? Now, at first blush, we could sit back and say, well, you know, he's probably thinking, I'm an Israelite, the Ninevites are our enemies, they don't deserve any, that could be it. But I wonder if pride and arrogance and sin was getting in the way, that could be it. But here's what I think. I think that the reason for Jonah's anger had to do with the finite, which is Jonah. If, again, the word finite just says beginning and end. All right? Infinite is no beginning, no end. Jonah, who is finite, trying to understand the infinite. And if we think about some of the lessons that were learned, I think Jonah was really having a hard time understanding the infinite grace of God. You know, yeah, running from God, not good. He probably learned that lesson. God is faithful. I think he learned that lesson off and on. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Yeah, he was, you know, he prayed that, so he must have known that. But this part, God's grace is greater than our sin, that's the one that probably caused the most anger for Jonah. Nineveh didn't deserve grace or mercy. Because in Jonah's little mind, he couldn't understand why God would do that. Have you ever been at that place in your life where what is happening in your life or the circumstances that surround your life, it's just beyond your comprehension. You just can't figure it out and there are emotions that come with it. Maybe you've been angry with God. Maybe you've had some kind of physical thing going on and you're like, I just don't get it, God. Or maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a relationship 
I mean, we can go through the big long list where our finite minds do not understand how God is working. And when we come up against that, all kinds of emotions come. So how do we get from the place of, well, anger and maybe disappointment with God to a place of peace? I attend a Bible study on Thursday mornings. There's also a new one on Thursday nights. And this past week, somebody read from Hebrews chapter 12 from the message version of the Bible. And sometimes I, I just love the message the way they do it. So I want you to hear these words. And I want you to be thinking, if you are like Jonah, which we are, if there are times when you are up against some really struggles and you just don't know how to navigate, what's the answer? And I think we're told in Hebrews chapter 12. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When? I'm going to pause there for a second. He doesn't say if. When? When? To me, that is, that's me. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, you know, you're floundering, you're kind of like Jonah in the middle of the, the ocean and you're drowning. Go over the story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. And that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Ponder the gift that God wants to give. This thing of faith is beautiful. It's wonderful. You know, God, God understood that if left on our own and in, in our own sin, we'd be lost forever. So he decided to give us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came to give us faith so we can hold on to the infinite even when we don't understand him. And then when? When we're kind of drowning in stuff, we can hold on to into the one thing that's eternal, his love, his grace, his mercy. And again, let me go back to those lessons learned. Running from God, not good. It creates all kinds of problems. Secondly, God is faithful, and that's all he knows. And he's going to be faithful in your life. Thirdly, salvation belongs to the Lord, and he extends it to people like you and me. And last, God's grace is greater than your sin, my sin, and the sin of this world. And to God be all the glory for how he works. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we humbly come before you and lift up our prayers from our 1C family. For my fiance's uncle Craig, may you take away the pains of brain and bone cancer and bring his family to peace. For my family and the loss of a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, and great-great-grandmother, she will be missed for my son to have good news at his appointment at Children's Hospital 
that he does not have a genetic disorder. For my niece, who has a mass on her liver, please don't let it be cancer. Prayers for the sick and hurting to get well. Lead me in your path of love. For a woman awaiting a kidney transplant. For my mother, who starts radiation next week. And our baby on the way. For the 17-year-old who attempted suicide at Hobby Lobby yesterday. Prayers for his physical and emotional healing. Prayers for his family as they walk through this time. For a fall on Friday, for healing and grace as I travel on Monday, that our children be drawn to you in the word and fellowship. For our stepson Tommy's anniversary, he died one year ago tomorrow, for grace, peace, and blessings as we gather. Healing prayers for Dirk. For my children, that they heal from the hurt that they have experienced. Prayers for continued road of recovery. For all our family, as we all still struggle with the loss of a loved one. Prayers for my grandson. For everyone with anxiety and depression, bring your light to them and restore them. For clear answers on our future. Prayers, I've lost my way. For healing, restored love, respect, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit between my husband and our son-in-law. Uproot all bitterness, pride, and judgment, and love that covers a multitude of sins. Prayers for my uncle. That you remove the anxiety within me and give me peace in my heart, body, mind, and soul. For my parents, they need prayers as they went through the 2019 flood in March. Dad's health is deteriorating and Mom's trying to hold everything together and has problems doing this. They're in hard times. We lift them up to you, Father. For the ice jams to break apart in the river. Prayers for everyone. Thank you, Lord, for a new friendship with Justin. Keep him in your protective arms through his walk and also give Dave your will. Show him where his next steps are in your path. Prayers of thanks for our seventh wedding anniversary. For safe travels for the upcoming mission trip to Zambia. Please heal those who are suffering and bring us all closer to you, Lord. Thank you for all that you have done for me and my family. Please continue to protect and guide us down the path you want us to take. Thank you, Jesus, for the family and friends you have allowed us to have. Please forgive us all of our sins. And finally, Father, please help us all to be kind. Gracious God, we thank you for your grace, mercy, and love. We pray that you be the king of our heart and you pour your Holy Spirit into us so that we may honor you in our daily lives through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, 
Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As we think about this meal that was given, well, to you and to me, Jesus was in an upper room about 2,000 years ago, and he was celebrating the Passover meal. And it was a time in which they, they looked backwards and, and thought about how God spared and saved God's people. Well, he gave this meal a kind of a whole new different thrust. It was for the present and the future. When Jesus had the bread in his hand, he said, this is my body. When he had the cup in his hand, he said, this is my blood. Here at 1C, we, we take those words literally. When Jesus says bread and blood and wine uh, and body and blood, it is exactly that. So if you are here today and you're kind of wondering what, what is this all about? If this is your belief, come forward, receive this gift. If it's not your belief, still come forward. We'd love to give you a blessing. And just so you know, we do have gluten-free options up here as well as non-alcoholic. Just let the server know when you come forward. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen.
grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. For me. I believe in the sun I believe in the risen one I believe I overcome By the power of his blood Amen covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name He rolled the stone away Amen Amen I'm alive I'm alive because He lives Amen Amen
Let's pray. Good and gracious God, giver of every good and perfect gift, thank you for this meal, given out of love and received by faith. And we pray that we are now empowered because sins have been taken care of. Uh, you've strengthened our faith, and you now send us to go out from here to share your love with all. Thank you for this and all gifts as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. New sermon series starts next week called Mission Possible. And really what it does is it takes us back in time to 2,000 years ago where Jesus said, go and make disciples. In, in other words, take this word and share it with people. Then we, you know, you saw a picture of there of Martin Luther, you know, that was kind of another time in history. But over 13 years ago, there was a group of people who started praying and looking into the Bible and being part of what's called the launch team. In fact, next week, I'm going to have some of them up here, and we're going to talk about what was it like to begin that process, and what do you see today? So that's a, a new series, and that's coming soon, so be ready for it. Somewhat connected to that are the irresistible meetings, 23 of them throughout the month of March. They're all just standalone meetings, so you just pick one of them. I would like to sit down with you, and I would like for you to sit down with me for us to have a conversation about this resurrection of Jesus and what does it mean for us as a church and us as individuals. So that's what's going to happen, 90 minutes in length. Go to our website, go to Next Steps, go to the Planning Center app. You can find different ways to register so I can be ready and know who's all coming. So please start, if you would, 
registering now for those things, all right, those meetings. All right, what else do we have here? New Disciple Launch. If you've been coming to 1C and you're wondering, well, what do, what do we believe as a church? It might be a really good thing to do is to come next Sunday from 12 to 2, and we just talk about what do we believe as a church, what can you expect of us as your church, and then you'll also hear what are our hopes for you in your walk with Jesus while you're with us. So again, let us know you're coming so we can have materials and some food available, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. Also, uh, let's see here, March 12th, coming soon. It was a while ago, and we thought, okay, we have a couple months, and then this concert's going to be here. Well, March 12th, it's less than a month away. Get your tickets now, if you would. And also, as we've been saying, think about who can you bring on a Thursday evening to hear the Word of God in a very unique way. So, be thinking, get your tickets now, and be a part of that. It's Thursday, March 12th. Also, we have what's called a Spring Blast Carnival, and it's a little taste of our summer camp. And that is going to be March 21st from 11 to 3. And so you could be praying about this because we love our community to come on in and have some fun. But it's also an opportunity for us to serve as we serve our community. So it's, it's really good. You will see on the wall next to Next Steps some opportunities, some balloons. If you'd like to become part of this, uh, there's different ways for you to do that. So check those balloons out if you would. And um, love for you to be in conversation. We also, as we think of our summer camp, we have some scholarships that are being made available. And Regina is going to be by next steps to be able to talk to you. If you know somebody that might benefit from a scholarship to come to the camp, you know, talk with her. And we, we just want to make sure any youth or child that wants and needs to come, we can have them here. All right? Women's uh, Comedy Night, February 28th, 6.30. And let me think, this, hopefully you got it on the way in. If you didn't, get it on the way out. This, this will give you all the stuff I've talked about and then some. Uh, so please, if you would, get this and uh, be blessed. I think that's it for announcements. Let's stand and sing. Let's have a little fun with an old classic.
Yeah, it tells me so. 